0: Sometimes it's, it's really just this whole the, the haves and the have nots in the business world, and not making people feel like they are essential to the process and so happy employees equal happy customers, obviously happy people all around just it makes a healthier environment. And to embody right Mm -hmm. the thing is is the coaches that that you know the john woodens and those type of things they lived these things and so those business leaders also need to be the kind of leaders that those employees want to follow and believe in the mission and live it to the point of not just like it's it's on a wall somewhere but it's like it's that team culture that environment and so creating that environment is so important because we know that's what happens with athletes and those teams that are really like the all blacks talk about a culture that is just (laughs) cannot be stopped right and same thing so i absolutely think that that's what they could learn from how we handle athletes but the sports world in general
1: Yo, Ryan Hartley here, host of the Always Better Than Yesterday podcast. Welcome back to the interview sessions where I put my curious questions to inspiring human beings. If this is the first time that you've pushed play on our podcast, let me just say thank you for taking the time out of your day. I have one goal. That is to hopefully leave you better in some way. And just I will never take your time for granted. Thank you for spending it with us here Always Better Than Yesterday. By all means, go check out our back catalogue with 143 previous guests, all with some form of insight and inspiration that I know that if you take one thing away from every single episode and implement, 100% is gonna leave you better than you were yesterday. We have incredible conversations with with world champions, with uh, elite athletes, with TEDx speakers, with great leaders, community leaders, best-selling authors, Matthew McConaughey, Bob Berg, John Gordon, Damon West, um, some incredible female powerhouse leaders, Dr. Vanessa Lapointe, a mental performance coach, Brenly Shapiro. And I'm really excited to bring another powerhouse female, a mental performance coach, Bryn Drescher. We have an incredible conversation about the mental aspect of leading ourselves and how that can transcend to business and the workplace and the cultures that we develop as leaders. It's an incredible conversation. I really hope that you um, feel inspired by something that you will hear in the next 35 minutes and just encourage you to just put whatever you learn into practice, implement. That is where the growth comes, not just the learning. That phrase, knowledge equals power. It does not, my friends it is only potential power and it's only when you implement what you learn do you become better than you were yesterday so that's my call to action for you episode 144 of the interview sessions these interview sessions are brought to you by our great friends at web creation head to webcreationgroup.com for stunning websites at sensible prices and if you are new to the community, head over to Facebook, pause this right now and search We Are Always Better Than Yesterday. You'll find 700 like-hearted, like-minded human beings from all around the world united in this belief of wanting to be better every single day and helping others on that path too. Here we go, episode 144 with Bryn Drescher. Enjoy my friends. welcome to the always better than yesterday podcast how are you
0: i'm absolutely fantastic how are you
1: yeah very good we were just saying off air weren't we that uh, the great natalie allport connected us so i'm really grateful to her and i'm really looking forward to having a great conversation
0: i love great conversations and i love natalie so i know this is going to be great (laughs)
1: love it love it tell us a little bit about what you
0: do in the world yeah so The title is mental performance coach, although I find titles to be, (laughs) I'm going to say tiresome uh, because they sound great and they're fancy, but you know, what does that mean? So in short, I help elite athletes master the mental skills necessary to uh, perform consistently and confidently at their best to scale to the highest heights of their sport, even if they're not well-known, highly recruited, or the most talented on their team. Um, I add the most talented because I think it's really important how people often limit, uh, you know, like, in other words, if I'm a side armchair quarterback or someone, I'm going to say, I know the potential of that individual. And I think that that is a gross underestimation of any, you know, anyone's potential. I don't think it can be measured and it's really up to the individual to have to divine that, mm. define that, excuse me. So that's why I do what I do. And I'm super passionate about mental health and just working with athletes, To help them be great people as well as great athletes. Yeah,
1: I love that. I love that. And um, I guess there are a couple of routes into doing what you're doing, either the years and years and years of academia or through necessity and experience. What's your journey
0: been? So I was an athlete first. Uh, I mean, obviously, I went to school, you know, all through. uh, I know you're in the UK, but, you know, we call it elementary school all the way through. And I ran track pretty much all throughout my journey in school. Uh, I did basketball for two years, found out it wasn't my, uh, through some not so great coaching, as well as just not yeah. so much confidence in that sport. I decided to drop it and focus on the one I was good at. So I did track and field. I did not know anything about the mental game. All I knew was I was good at it. So I should just do it. And that's what I kind of carried me through life. And I found uh, the mindset the, or I would say the lane of mindset somewhere along my journey. And at first I was doing life coaching and things like that. And I, I've been asked this so many times, how did I transition to athlete coaching? And I do not remember the decision, like the conscious decision. All I know is at some point it occurred to me that I, you know, with maybe using all the, uh, um, what is it analogies that I use are all (laughs) athletic and being a former athlete, Basically, I signed up to go to a coach's clinic for a basketball camp and uh, that's where it all started. And from there I had one coach give me a shot and from, and I built an entire coaching practice and of course program around that. So,
1: Mm. and you host a podcast called the mental advantage podcast, not just what are some of the mental fundamentals?
0: Absolutely. Uh, Definitely. You know, it's funny that you ask because of course I, I want to address this because a lot of people will say like, you know, get out of your head, consistency, <laughs> focus. And I think these are great things, yeah. but nobody really knows how to do that. Yeah. So the, 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 the very foundation of all mental uh, you know, fundamentals is Mm self-awareness. And so that's where I start with my athletes. You've got to start with awareness. You don't know if you don't know what you don't know, you can't change it. Right. And we're all looking to get that edge, you know, the mental advantage, as I called the podcast, but we, we need to be more aware of our habits, our patterns, things Mm -hmm. like that. Then identity is a huge piece, huge piece. And, um, you know, James Clear talks a lot about this in atomic habits, and I was already teaching an identity, but he gave a different context as well Mm -hmm. as like, how you, you know, when we want to take on a new habit, or we want to enact a new activity, uh, attaching an identity to that really helps. So for example, I hate washing dishes, I'm not a huge fan of doing dishes. Okay. But if I identify as someone that is an a tidy person, or uh, someone who's very organized, which I'm going to tell you, those of you listening, I do not. But if I did, <laughs> that's going to help, you know, motivate me to do the dishes. Yeah. Not because it's not going to make me love doing the dishes, but it's mm-hmm. going to be attached to my identity. So helping athletes get clear on what parts of their identity are serving them best but also expanding that identity because a lot of athletes and i'm sure you know this ryan but they get very confused as to their worth and value being tied up in their sport and so you know that's really important to have a good identity that serves you well in what you're doing but also know how to divorce yourself from that and sort of recognize who you are is not what you do and then we you know the other thing i would say is just really important is uh limiting beliefs, knowing where you are stopping yourself, having the right self-talk, having the right, you know, environment mm. around you that supports you. And there's so much more, but those are just some basic ones that I definitely, you know, uh, focus on with my athletes to help them develop the right foundation because yeah. mindset is the foundation of everything we do, you know? So whether you're teaching athletes or not, everybody starts with mindset, everything mm-hmm. starts with mindset.
1: I love that. And, um, i um i come at things slightly differently i talk about heart set and mindset but we'll go into Mm -hmm. that in a bit but just just to pause on what you said around atomic habits like that i remember reading that a few years ago when it first came out and it was like well james clear has written the manual on what it means to be better than yesterday like i don't need to write a book and you know for anyone for anyone listening like the reason i don't have a book out right now is because james book atomic habits is (laughs) is the one go and get that one it's good but it's the very reason that I called my Facebook community. We are always better than yesterday. You know, it's, it's not about me. It's about we in the community and adopting this sense of identity because who are we? Well, we're people who believe in being better than we were yesterday and we show up. And then I guess, I guess what the identity then does is that our brain seeks to do things in line with the identity that we adopt. Right.
0: Exactly.
1: And, um, I guess, you know, we've, we've had a year of Olympics and there've been some very, very high profile, um, I guess, mental health kind of conversations. What's what's been your take on what's played out this year?
0: Yeah, it was very fascinating to me, the Simone Biles situation. Obviously we've It started with Naomi Osaka and the U.S. Open or whatever. I think it was the U.S. Open. And uh, oh, no, it was the French Open. I'm sorry, the French Open. I don't want to attribute it to the wrong, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, match. Okay, so the French Open and then uh, Simone Biles. So these are both women of color. And that's something that I note, uh, particularly because there's statistics that show that one in three female athletes uh, experience negative feedback from the public, Okay, Mm -hmm. compared to their counterparts. So it's like 69% or 61% of negativity leverage towards athletes goes towards women, whereas yeah. compared to 39% or 30, yeah, 39% towards their male counterparts. Mm. Um, so that's something to keep in mind. And then you add the color aspects, which we know there's colorism all over the world and the challenges of what a person of color handles. So on mm. top of that, so the fact that these are two women of color high, you know, at the top of their sport, I think is no accident. I think it's phenomenal that they are coming forward and giving voice to this and helping, you know, uh give other athletes a voice. So as far as the Simone Bio situation, since that was, I mean, Naomi did pull out of the Olympics um or lose, I'm sorry, but uh as far as Simone, the situation for me was fascinating was that, and I've been saying this on my social media for a while, if someone tells you that they need something, mm. your job is just to believe them, not mm. to question their strength, their temerity. Yeah their toughness, whatever it is, um, because to be a Simone Biles or to be a Naomi Osaka or to be uh, a Tom Brady or any other name from sports, right? Ronaldo, Messi, you know, for those that are football fans overseas, it is an incredible amount of work ethic, (laughs) determination um, and pressure. And so when I hear people get a little bit like, oh, you know, tough it up, everybody else is dealing with it, I just find that fascinating because it isn't as if this person was the bottom of the barrel and just like yeah I can't do it. This is top of the top. So you don't get to the top of the tops and win several gold medals by being soft. Mm-hmm. All right? So that's cool. Yeah. You know, that that part I want to address. And then outside of that um you know, obviously you know yourself best. And it's easy to sit on the sidelines and say this is what, you know, she should do and you know, it was a lot of do it for the team and I think mm-hmm. that in those instances, it's important to recognize, particularly because Simone Biles is in a team sport compared to Naomi Osaka, mm. who's in an individual sport, although there is a team around Naomi Osaka. So doing it for the team, her coaches yep. get more clients based on her winning, right? <laughs> There's more money they can demand. So there is a team and a family around Naomi Osaka. So I want that yep. to be clear that most people are doing it for the team, whether they're in an individual sport. takes a
1: village. It takes a village. It, a takes a village.
0: it takes a village. So with Simone, i am saying like, They've been doing it for the team for as long as they could. But when it became that her life would be in jeopardy for -hmm. those of you that know about the twisties and looked into it at all, um, and her safety, um, I'm very happy that she chose to pull out. And Mm -hmm. as I said, on a video that I did, um, I don't care if Simone Biles ever gets on a (laughs) map. does another vault you know bars or any of that as long as she's a happy healthy athlete that's important Mm, because mm. what inevitably happens when we ignore these things like the check engine light on our car at some point right the car breaks down and then in some instances with athletes they take their lives and then we say I wish I would have known and Mm. I don't want to be in that situation so I think that it's good that athletes uh, do that and to the credit of the young lady that did win the gold um you know i'll tell you i say two more things about this i know i'm going on but i really want to talk about this Uh, one of my friends was feeling sad for the girl that could have made it to the olympics had simone got it sooner like if she figured out she wasn't up to the challenge Mm. or whatever this narrative that we're making up is right and i said well you know if this young lady exists okay then I feel okay that she'll be all right because she's gonna be in the next big competition if she's good enough to have been even in mentioned in the same sentence as Simone Biles but secondly I feel more for the girls and all of the athletes that just found their voice through her bravery and so for me, it's like I that the cost of this one girl's dream, who I don't know if she exists, but if she does, <laughs> then I think more about the thousands of athletes who just found that it's okay to say I'm not okay, or I need this to be safe, or I I have to make this decision. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so that's one, and then I forgot the other thing I was going to say. So it doesn't matter. It'll uh, come back.
1: But- It'll come back, <laughs> yeah.
0: and, and you know. The- <laughs>
1: And here's here's the frustration I have, and I try not to get frustrated too much, but yes. you know we, we have such a narrative that says, oh, we need to be more loving, we need to be more kind, we need to be more mental health based, <laughs> and we finally get some show of that, right? And then and then the reaction, and then the um the the ah, uh, there's nothing that's going to stop people being vulnerable and express what they truly want and what they need, yes, based on the from a from a reaction from a reaction yeah. that we get whether it be from the media there are so many irresponsible oh, yeah. media outlets which inform too many opinions yes how can we just be good allies how can we be good supporters cheerleader champions
0: i think it's I've been racking my brain too, why people react the way they do, because it's this thing of like, I didn't do all the work that she did. I didn't put in the time. I have no idea what it's like to be at the top of the top of the top Mm. of my sport. And I think that a very rare segment of the population does. So when we talk about compassion and empathy, it's about putting yourself in the shoes of another person. So not having experienced that, I think is what is challenging for the general public. Plus, this feeling of I pay. You know, people say like, uh, you know, someone said that someone said that I need my money back for Simone Biles because they, uh, I had someone on my podcast recently that informed me that I did not know this, but you know, like the US, I think I knew it, but didn't know it. But the US is not a country that actually funds their Olympic run. Like Mm -hmm. they, you know, it's all privately by the IOC Mm -hmm. and private, you know, it's a nonprofit. Mm -hmm. So someone had stated, I need my money back, my tax dollars back for Simone Biles not performing. So for example, so how can we be better allies? Mm -hmm. I think it's just, let's bring it to a, a context that we could understand. Okay. So if you have a day that you're just going, you know, like we all have moments of like, I'm feeling overwhelmed, I'm feeling a lot is coming at me, and I do not know how to handle this so and and this idea that we have to take this sense of ownership away from athletes we don't own them, Mm. we don't have a right to them, they are elite performers on the highest stages. And so they are not, they don't perform at the pleasure of the public. They sure. are doing what they love. And through the pursuit of that, it allowed them to scale to some high heights that allowed us to be aware of them. Mm. And every four years, we have an opinion about an Olympian <laughs> to be clear, right? Mm. So I think to be better allies, the biggest thing is to put it in some context that you might be able to understand, but to also recognize and take your thing of like, you know what? I have, I had a day that I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't perform. I couldn't do what they were asking me to that. I, I couldn't go to that event because I just had said yes too many times, or I had done too many things. And I think it's just, you know, doing your best to put yourself in that person's shoes, but also just to trust that mental is, is, is educating ourselves is the biggest thing. Ryan, in yep. my opinion is um, mental health is what they call the invisible injury.
1: Yep.
0: So had Simone Biles done her vault and fallen. And hurt herself, everyone would have understood because it was something they could conceptually see and get confirmation from a trainer that would say, yep, definitely not able to continue to compete. And even then, right, we go back to Carrie Strug, who did her amazing vault with the U.S. women's gymnastics team. Yep. and still landed it. But I heard that she never really competed professionally too much after that because she may have done some harm to herself by doing that for the team. Mm-hmm. So I think the big thing is educating yourself about mental health and also getting clear on mental health versus mental illness. Because I think mm-hmm. this is where we get confused. People say, oh, well, it's all about, you know, like, oh, we, mental health, mental health, that that term is being tossed around a lot. And I'm like, yep. but man, mental illness and mental health are two different things. One is proactive and one is a diagnosis. And then, you know, we're talking about some, you know, situation where they probably do need a professional. Now there's a proactive approach to seeing a professional and then a like a necessary prescribed, I need to see a professional. So it's, 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 it's getting clear on that and recognizing that you're not going to be able to see it and you can't see into my mind. I can't see into your mind, Ryan. And -hmm. so if you tell me, and I'm going to say this again, if you tell me you're hurting, then I just have to trust that, have to trust that. And so that's what I recommend. I I recommend the audience does is just trust it because anyone that is a high performer is not going to phone it in just because they're having a headache. Mm -hmm. And so I just need people to recognize that.
1: I love that. Do you know what's good for my mental health? What? Ted Lasso.
0: (laughs) I've heard so many things about it. I've not watched.
1: (laughs) Have you You not watched watched it? Honestly, there's your homework. Go and (laughs) watch Ted Lasso. But in, in uh, there's a great story. He's an NFL coach, comes over to coach a soccer team. He's just an incredible leader. I just love the way that he leads the environment he creates. Yes. And on the background, he's got Coach Wooden's um, success pyramid. I don't know if you're oh, familiar so with good. Coach yeah. and uh, So I, so I'm, so it's got my attention. I've seen this pyramid. I'm like, oh, I need to go read up on this. So I'm listening to Coach Wooden's success pyramid. And, and I love what he talks about in terms of his definition of success. He says that success is peace of mind that is the direct result of the self-satisfaction knowing you did your best to become your best and all that you were capable of becoming. Like, I think what's really cool about that is it makes it about us, not about what other people do. How much does that show up in kind of mental game, control the controllables and focus on self? so
0: important. You know, it's interesting. I had a conversation with another gentleman the other day, and he brought to my attention a book by the gentleman that coaches Russell Wilson. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it's about neutral thinking, which is interesting because I coach my athletes on (laughs) everything is neutral, but I don't call it neutral thinking, but it it's this, you know, they say, not positive thinking, but neutral thinking. So in other words, something happens and you say control the controllable. So this is absolutely the case. And when you talk about, like starting with self. That's why self-awareness is so important. It's everything stems, your reality stems from you. You and I are having a very different reality right now, or even experience of this conversation. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what your experience is. I just assume I know. And you're assuming, you know, I'm having the same experience that you're having. And that's, I think one of the biggest issues with mental health is that a lot of times you know, we're assuming that athlete feels what we think they feel and they're, you know, and so we're putting this story, even the analysts and all the people are going, yeah, it looks like they're really thinking about this one. They're doing something different. And he talk to the athlete. It's like, I wasn't thinking that at all. That wasn't even <laughs> in my mind. Right. So I think it's really important to recognize that something happened then I made a story about what happened. So let's say I had podcast uh, scheduled today with Ryan and then Ryan had to cancel for some reason. Then I'm going to make a story about that. Oh, Ryan doesn't want to do the podcast with me. I didn't know the backstory that he had asked Natalie to put more women on his podcast. So with him telling I'm just thinking, Natalie's like, you should be, you should do Ryan's podcast. So then if Ryan cancels, I'm like, Oh, Ryan didn't really want to do the podcast with yeah. me anyway. That's a story I could make now. Then it causes me to then take an action, right? Oh, I don't like Ryan. Maybe somebody else asked me about doing Ryan's podcast. Yeah, he canceled on me, that guy. You know, I make up this... The world, yeah. right? Yeah. And it's re- it's real to me. Yeah, but I've, I've never understand. had a conversation with Ryan about it. So I think it's really important to recognize. And one of the first exercises I do with my athletes is an awareness exercise, and it's all about how they see the world. It, mm. You know, well, it's, it's not the exercise is not about how they see the world, but it's about how they see themselves. And then obviously, how you do anything is how you do everything. Mm. So they have the opportunity to see, hi, you're focusing on interestingly a lot of negatives. And so how do we make those switches to sh- see that, you know, either go neutral or positive? Like, how can we supplant a better story on top of what we're seeing, right? Mm. So there's a scene. And then, so I would say observer versus judge. I'm observing it and then I'm judging it. And by judging it, I'm, you, you know, most of the time I'm creating a reality that I don't want to experience. Do so I want to live in a world where Ryan doesn't want to do a podcast with me? And then he doesn't like me. Nobody wants to record with me. Whatever story. That's I can not make. true, so- by the way. I know it's, I know it's not, Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm just using the analogy. Yeah, no,
1: I like it. it. It's good. It's good.
0: But no, absolutely. So I think that you, like you said, and I, John Wooden is one of my heroes when it comes to mental game coaching, even though he was coaching the physical game of basketball at UCLA and one of the most winningest coaches. uh, He, he also says you can play your best and lose and you can play your worst and win. So I always say skill over scoreboard. So athletes really need to get clear on how to define a win and not a win in the game, but a a personal win, like Mm. so that they have ways to feel good about even performances that may result in a loss or may not yield what they thought. And so it's all Mm. about the process over the result. And that's why what I do is about addressing the individual through the vehicle of sport, but what I really want is to make better people I who understand. happen to also be great athletes. I
1: love that. And you know, it's a great philosophy of Wood and it's yeah. a great philosophy of the all blacks as well. Better people make better all blacks is one of their there phrases. And 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 I love that because that's what coaching is all about. It's about people. And I guess, you know, if 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 you know, this this podcast is listened to by leaders in general, including many yes. from a business context. And if the penny hasn't dropped now, the leadership setting is is transferable because of people. Yes. What can our leaders learn from being coachable?
0: Oh my gosh, it's so important. I, uh, you know, Ryan, in my experience, right, we're all about the athlete. We got to help the athlete. We got to help the mm. athlete. The problem is. <laughs> with that approach is again, it's the bottom of the pyramid, right? So everyone has had hands on that athlete and then I'm going to help the athlete, but then they're going to go out to somebody that hasn't had the same training that I've given this athlete and they're having, and, and I think the athlete can still respond well, because it's all about responding and not reacting. And again, changing the context and not making sure that it works for you. But I think leaders having, like you said, being coachable and recognizing that this is not a my way or the highway. I think it is a a partnership, right? We're partnering together to get the best performance out of this individual. First, I have to take myself to task. I don't just teach this stuff. I practice it in my life. Mm. And I think leaders also have to practice and not necessarily the sport. Some of us did play at the professional level. Some of us did perform at the highest levels of our sport. But my journey does not necessarily mean that has to be your journey or my approach does not mean that has to be your approach. The language that I speak may work for me, but when I speak it to you, you may be like, that is, I'm not understanding that at all. And so I think there is a part for uh, coaches and leaders to really be flexible in I know there's a lot of it's my team and it's my regime and, you know, the best athletes figure out, figure it out and they work within this system. And I think that there's something to be said for being flexible and coachable in that regard for that athlete. But I think equally, there has to be bend on the t- side of the leader because, If you're not willing to translate what you're saying into Mm -hmm. the language that that athlete speaks best or take the time to build the relationship necessary to have the connection so that you can correct Mm -hmm. then i don't really uh know why we're doing what we're doing because uh the players that Mm -hmm. i've had on my podcast the best performances come from the ones that they had the best relationships with Mm -hmm. and they they felt understood they felt seen and they felt like they cared and I think that there's so many leaders that are just like, look, this is how I run things, and if you get it, you get it, and if you don't, you don't, and there's another team out there that'll take you. And I think that I tell that athlete like, go to those other teams because if this person's not interested, yeah. I wouldn't be interested in playing for them. So,
1: yeah, I uh, I'll come back to the comment I made earlier around heartset, and um, yes, you've just talked about why, purpose, and care, and for me, they are words of the heart. They are, they're the bits that when um, when it really gets tough when we really um embrace adversity i guess that's when the heart and the courage and the grit and the determination really comes through um how can business leaders really learn from the way that your athletes will respond to failure and adversity
0: I think business leaders, obviously, like our bottom lines are tied to the performance of our staff and, Mm -hmm. you know, and all of these things. I had the pleasure of working for an organization, Enterprise Rent-A-Car, many years ago that said happy employees (laughs) equal happy customers, not happy customers first, right? So they got that if their team was happy. And we know Zappos got that right because we've heard that as well. So I think the big thing is Uh, Business leaders can learn from athletes in the sense that athletes, of course, have a fierce determination to succeed and those type of things. And that they come in all shapes and sizes. And the big thing is what works for LeBron James may not work for Russell Wilson. And what Mm -hmm. works for Naomi Osaka may not work for Simone Biles. And so Mm -hmm. recognizing that people are not a one size fits all and sports are not a one size fits all approach. And so for me with business leaders and you talk about set. I've had the privilege of working for an organization, also a nonprofit here in Los Angeles where we teach set education. So it's funny that you say that because Mm -hmm. literally our president and founder, he what is in america anyway trademarked the term so uh hard set education and it's all about living it and so for Mm -hmm. me learning from athletes who live their 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 sport like they 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 own it and so Mm -hmm. helping business leaders Figuring out how to get their employees to own the mission of the company, how to get their buy-in for them to have an identity that is healthfully intermingled with what they do, Mm -hmm. um, then I think then you're going to get the output that you want. And that's what I love about the Zappos um, um, business model, because when I heard it, I was like, that makes sense because he always emphasized, Tony Shea, rest in peace, he always emphasized that this is our thing. This is mm-hmm. your, you know, like mm-hmm. when you take that call, that's your customer. And so like, you know, what do you need to do to make that person happy? And those employees love that. Mm-hmm. They love that feeling of ownership and they bought into that modality. And I think that a lot of times it's, a, it's really just this whole, the, the haves and the have-nots in the business world and not making people feel like they are essential to Mm. the process and so happy employees equal happy customers (laughs) obviously happy people all around just makes a healthier environment and to embody right Mm. the thing is is the coaches that that you know the john woodens and those type of things they lived these things and so those business leaders also need to be the kind of leaders that those employees want to follow and believe in the mission and live it to the point of not just like it's it's on a wall somewhere but it's like it's that team culture, that environment. And so creating that environment is so important because we know that's what happens with athletes and those teams that are really like the all blacks talk about a culture that Mm. is just (laughs) cannot be stopped. Right. Mm. And same thing. So I absolutely think that that's what they could learn from how we handle athletes, but those sports world in general.
1: Yeah. That's a better answer than me just saying, Hey, go watch Ted Lasso. Right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, Maybe, but maybe somebody's going to get more from Ted Lasso if they're like, yeah. wow, she's droning on for a long time. But this, I get the message from this. <laughs> so I don't care how you get it, as long as you get it.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Well, this is it. This is, that's, yeah. that's the true power of the coach, it's about the, the transformation. And I guess um, to segue on from the word trademark that you said a minute ago, I'm really grateful to have experienced your Brynnergy.
0: Nice. What,
1: what do you do to really keep high energy, Bryn?
0: you know, it's so interesting because I've done so many live videos. I've, (laughs) I'm a speaker. Uh, I've done all these things and people are like, teach people how to do what you do on the stage. And I'm like, okay, let me, let me be real clear. I came with this. I don't know. I Mm -hmm. wake up like, it's funny because how you do anything is how you do everything. Right. I was Mm -hmm. a sprinter. I ran the 400. I now know (laughs) that there's a strategy (laughs) to running a sprinting race. All I knew then was Run really fast until you die and hopefully <laughs> cross the finish line. I have to say that I have learned better methods, but I don't know that I'm applying them as well. I'm really just, I, I wake up like this. Like I I'm on a call every morning at four 30. Well, I get up at four 30. I'm on the call by 4:45, and we do a book club and it's only four 45 AM my time because they're on the East coast and they're mm-hmm. up at seven 45. So it seems like it's super early for them. And they're I'm all sure complacent.
1: you remind them every time you get <laughs> on the call. <laughs> well, I oh don't, my.
0: but they say, Look, imagine Brynn at eight o'clock. If this is how 45 <laughs> and I'm like, i hate to tell you guys, but I'm the same once yeah. I'm up. I'm up. But then there is a crash that happens on some days because Mm. that's the thing. How do you manage your energy? So, but no matter where I go, there are two things that people always um, talk about. My energy, energy, as it's been affectionately coined and it not by me, just so we're clear, I didn't name it. (laughs) Uh, And then also my hair when it's out, right. When it's down, like it is now for those, if, if this happens to be a visual podcast, if not, it's curly, you can see the picture that he'll put up on the bio or something, Mm -hmm. but those things seem to be my trademarks of what people recognize is my energy. And it's like, even if I'm not being like, yeah, you know, whatever, they're just like, I love your energy. Mm -hmm. And so it's something that I've come to embrace Mm -hmm. because it's just a part of me. I, I, I just, I mean, and then you get me talking about this kind of stuff. I can't stop, right? This is where I'm like super passionate. You talk about something I'm passionate about, but I yeah. I figured for a long time ago that I am, um, <laughs> I never thought I was creative, Ryan. Like mm-hmm. I always think of creativity as art, right? And I, yep, I will say that that is definitely not my zone of genius mm-hmm. is doing any kind of um drawing or painting or anything like that stick figures I can do but even those probably still don't look as good as some people's (laughs) but what I figured out many years ago was that my gift was my voice and through my my voice comes my energy and I used to say that my uh my your ears are my canvas and I paint with my voice so Mm. that is Mm. (laughs) like basically Mm. what I love to do and I and I think the other thing that I love to do with my energy is just connect to people I love humor Is the like you talk about Ted Lasso, which I definitely am going to check it out because you are not you're like the seventeenth person to mention him like in last. So I'm like clearly the universe is saying watch Ted Lasso.
1: Watch Ted Lasso.
0: (laughs) But I I I really think humor is the great connector. Like with my athletes, I use a lot of relatability. I put myself in their shoes and I come at it from five different. I'm making sure that I'm coming at it so they get it. And I'm not just like hey, this is the thing I'm teaching you and you need to get this. It's like, oh, well, because I have an athlete right now, she doesn't know how, how to do the things that people are asking her to do. And so it's like, Mm -hmm. well, I got to figure out how to teach her, you know, Mm -hmm. because, you know, everybody wants her to be more expressive. How does she be more expressive?
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So we got to work on that because I don't want to be done with her and be like, well, I gave her my foundation. You know, I don't really teach expressiveness on my calls, (laughs) sorry, but it's like, well, that's what she needs. So I'm here for it. I'm here for whatever it takes because for me it's again the better person but yeah so my energy is all about connection humor and just loving it but yeah i don't know i just wake up like this i know that's a terrible answer
1: i i i'm just glad that i got to experience and then share the the uh, the energy the energy that room brings and um you know i'm just glad that you uh that you've pursued your gift and your talent and you're sharing that with the world how can people connect with you
0: Yeah. So, uh, Ryan already mentioned it. The biggest thing that I'm pushing right now, of course, is my podcast. Uh, please, please, please on YouTube as well as, and I'm Ryan can put these links in the show notes or wherever, but, uh, the mental advantage podcast, you can do it on YouTube. If you like, if you're a visual person and you like to see the guests and the conversation, if you are an audio person, of course it's everywhere. Audio is streamed, but you know, you check it out Apple stitcher, all that good stuff. The episodes are all Great athletes uh, like that, you know, so I've had Nick Swisher on who won the World Series. I've had Natalie Ellaport, who we talked about, who is a top level snowboarder. Um, I've had Marvin Bagley, number two draft overall draft pick for the Sacramento Kings and played at Duke, was a one and done at Duke. So I, I'm interviewing present past and, you know, future top athletes, as well as professionals from the field, like sports psychologists, coaches, trainers, scouts, mm. you know, anyone that I can get agents, anyone that can talk about the mental advantage from their perspective. This week, I'm going to be interviewing James Brown, the uh, famous broadcaster from the NFL. Wow. So I'm super excited about that. Uh, and the other way is just to connect with me on my social media. I'm at Bryn everywhere, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, the biggest thing that I put out regular content though is Instagram. So definitely send me a DM if you got any value from this. If you have any questions, I do it like a live video every week of answering questions that people give me. And I do get them from athletes from time to time. And obviously you can also work with me, have me, I work with your athlete. I do an eight week program called the mental athlete program and uh, yeah, definitely get with me if you're interested, but otherwise I'm just happy to be here, Ryan, and be able to Thanks. share this stuff.
1: I'm so grateful. I will put all that good stuff in the show notes. What does the phrase always better than yesterday mean to you?
0: Mm. So I always say that I am never going to be done growing until I die. until <laughs> I take my last <laughs> breath. Right. So I think that what I'm striving to do is definitely remove as many blind spots as I have as possible So even though I'm growing, right, and you think about always better than yesterday. So always think of personal development sort of like an orbit rather than Mm. this singular, you know, linear journey. So for example, read a book, then read it 10 years later, you're going to get something different from that book. So always better than yesterday is when the student is ready, the teacher appears. And so, you know, I I don't know if you're like me, but I'm like, "Ah, why didn't I learn that sooner? Why didn't I get it? Like when I could have gotten it, when I wanted to get it right, whatever. But it's like, I got it when I got it because I'm at a place where it makes sense to me now. And it's speaking to my spirit. It Mm comes, things come to you when you're ready for them. And so always better than yesterday to me is that we're evolving just like the world is revolving. And it's our job to continue to seek that growth on a regular basis. Mm. Like, Where can I expand? What can I grow in? And if you feel like you're living a sense of Groundhog Day, then you're absolutely, and even in Groundhog Day, he was better every single version and iteration of that mm-hmm. experience once he got over the fact that this sucks. Mm. And so you might have a moment like that. But as long as you're using that to have a different day every day, that's going to find a way to grow in one area. I wouldn't try to do it all at once. Then that's what it means to me.
1: I love that. Bryn, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for energy. Would be honored if you'd leave us with a final thought from your good self.
0: So the one thing I always like to say uh, to all the people that might be listening is you're doing better than you think you are. Right now, you're concerned that you're behind the eight ball, that somebody is looking like they're doing a better part than you in whatever role or capacity you're in. What you do is enhanced because of who you are, not who you are. You are not what you do. So if you recognize that you're doing the best you can, and if every day you're giving your best, then that's all anyone can ever ask. And each day as i like to say review the game film and then see where you could make some adjustments and then go at it again tomorrow and and when you look back you'll see that you've come way farther than you thought and that is the key to this whole thing so i love you and i continue to wish you the best on your journey
1: that is mic drop moment that was amazing <laughs> bren we appreciate you thank you my friend thank you There we go, episode 144 with Bryn Drescher. I'd love to know what that has inspired in you. Let me know. Make sure this remains a two-way conversation. Either tag me in, you know, screenshot, tag myself and Bryn in on Instagram um, and and share your favourite one-liner that Bryn um, really uh, captured your heart and mind with. For me, as I like to reflect on um, most of the episodes at the very end, I just really enjoy, yet yeah, not just the, the the mental fundamentals, but how powerful identity is. That is the reason I called our community, We Are Always Better Than Yesterday. It gives us this united identity, this shared identity that takes us from the individual to the collective, the power of we. So go and check out Bryn, go see what she's doing in the world, go check out the Mental Advantage podcast and be sure to share this with someone who you wish to inspire and come back again soon always love my friends